Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for GWBC Radio's Open for Business. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of GWBC's Open for Business, and this will be a fun one. I've got with me today Cassandra Preer-Taylor, and she is with Tailored to Code. Welcome, Cassandra. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Well, tell us about Tailored to Code. How are you serving folks? Tailored to Code is an ed tech platform that helps transitioning military service members pursue second careers in tech. And we do that via a hybrid online and traditional classroom educational model. So what we have is a 15-week curriculum instruction in three core areas, hardware, software, and tech support. And not only do we teach in the core areas, we actually go beyond that to give our students additional software skills to produce a a tech leader as opposed to a tech specialist. Our target employment audience is actually small and medium-sized businesses, um, much like those represented in WeBank. Now, why was it important you to serve the military? I am a retired Naval Intelligence Officer. Um, I, so I remember what it was like to be a transitioning vet. Um, my dad retired from the military. He was career army. And there was one week that separated the time he left the army and I joined the Naval Academy. So I've been in convoys. I've been in some pretty terrifying situations in uniform. And I, but I still remember what it felt like when I was living or trying to get out and one, what, what could I be with my civilian life? And more importantly, how do I even transition into that career field in my civilian life? So I know I can ease those, those fears for vets. I know I can because I've been there. Um, and while I must say that vets appreciate the free meals on Veterans Day and the occasional upgrades, I can't think of a single vet, especially those with families that don't want good jobs that allow them to care for their families. And again, I know I can help with that. Now, uh, for those uh, people who aren't familiar, can you share a little bit about what happens when a veteran um, exits the military and then transitions to civilian life? I don't think people are aware about how kind of drastic that shift is for somebody coming from the military. So for a lot of us, we we, we don't have to think about wardrobe. We have a wardrobe we wear every day. We uh, People think tend to think that it's all command and control, but there's a lot of flexibility in terms of how you lead and follow in the military. But when you get ready to transition out, and for me, this is all I knew. My dad was career army, and I was basically almost career navy. So I had never had an introduction to what could happen and what civilian careers were. I just didn't. I didn't know. Um, so you have to come out, figure out you're moving your family someplace. Some people move and some people don't. You have to figure out where you're going to move. You may have to uproot children again to a final place. And then you have to figure out what you're going to do. Most of us leave with some time left on the books to help us ease in that transition. But you still have to figure it out before that time runs out, your leave runs out. And that can be scary because sometimes the skill sets you develop in the military, you could be a, a, a you know, medic, a combat medic. And there are literally some, some medical fields, like becoming a paramedic, they won't take you because you, you don't think you're qualified. And what can be more qualified than basically a medic, a combat medic who's seen everything in the field? So you have to figure out how to navigate things well enough to figure out what qualifications you need and what resources you have. 
there are a number of resources at VA, but they're not always easy to figure out and without help. Now, uh, in your firm, you're the CEO of the organization. Uh, when you're leading a company like this, what's, um, or what stage of a company are you before we get too far into this? Have you launched already or are you, what, what stage of an organization are you? We're three seed. So if COVID-19 uh, has obviously focused on those in the post-launch phase, as it should be, because I can't imagine for my friends and family and colleagues with small businesses, the havoc that's been created when your dreams are being wiped away to some extent and by, by a virus, something as small as a virus. So we are pre-seed, and I don't have to worry about having to furlough anyone because we haven't hired st- staff yet. And I'm not worried about exactly how to cover expenses so much because our doors aren't open yet. But we have still been impacted in, in many, many ways by COVID-19. Now, what are you doing to um, kind of prepare to launch? What a pre-launch, uh, is there things that you can do now that'll set you up for success, um, you know, maybe post-COVID? Yes. So one of the things we've been, we were looking at was grants and funding. And unfortunately, a lot of the, the grants and funding opportunities and competitions have been postponed or indefinitely canceled. And while there's no guarantee my business was going to receive through that manner in the first place, when they shut down completely, there's like zero opportunity to receive any funding from those sources. Um, we are still meeting with networking, networking and meeting with advisors. But that's been a little bit more challenged in one way because we can't meet with them in person. But I must say that workarounds like Zoom and Google Hangouts is actually cheaper. Um, I have to say that my network, I'm the kind of person who tends to internalize things and not not go out for help. And I've had to basically step back and say that I have to communicate the challenges that we've been having with my network. And thank God I did. Thank God I did. Uh, There are others in my boat. And my network has been rallying around in huge ways to help out, not just through words of encouragement, which have lifted us through the hard days, but also through referring me to resources like um, Mike Tab of Red Rock Global in uh, Atlanta. He, he gave us an economic development option that we had never occurred that we were not even aware of. Were we going to launch before? Had we launched without hearing what he had to say about how to go about this? We've been in a much bigger deficit in terms of funding. So in one way, COVID-19 has slowed us down a little bit, but it's given us an opportunity to support some resources we never knew existed. Now, are you spending some time right now to really tighten up the curriculum and get all of that as baked as it can be to prepare for the launch? Oh, absolutely. We did start to scale back and looking at um, funding and financial resources. We decided that we have to look beyond just grants and um, pitch competitions. We are looking at lending more. We're looking at self-funding a bit more. And so in doing those, we we have to roll back the cost quite a bit. So instead of launching with three components, we're only launching with one. And because we're launching with one, that has decreased the cost quite a bit, as well as giving us an opportunity to focus on one curriculum versus three different curriculums. So the, uh, the time has basically allow us to basically focus a little bit more. We're also going to push our launch from from 2020 to probably spring 2021. Um, some of the experts, medical experts, are predicting a second wave 
of COVID-19. And that could hit us, especially since we're, we're a school environment, pretty hard. So we're launching instead in spring 2021, which gives us an opportunity to go after and look at some resources that we did not know existed three months ago. And that's probably not a bad thing. Now, have you had a chance to um, have some military folks beta test and go through the curriculum to see, uh, you know, what they thought and, and what results you're going to get? Yes, we actually ran a beta test. It was not necessarily structured around military, but we had military folks uh, work with us. We ran a, a beta test that allowed people who were below the poverty line in Austin, Texas, to essentially come in and to get training on hardware development, IT administration, system administration, server administration. And I found that my military folks were exceeding that work ethic they have, their tenacity, their perseverance uh, paid off. And we were seeing huge successes from the military standpoint. Um, so they tested it out and we are, we secured the verbal commitments for the people who were involved with them in that program to come with us uh, wherever we start to launch this thing, because we are now exploring a little bit wider locations, they're coming on board. So we are, we've got some experiences and lessons learned that we are going to be taking forward with us. Now, is it possible for you to do any launch uh, virtually where a person can take the classes uh, without coming into a location? Oh, absolutely. We want most of our classes to be in person. Anyone who knows the military knows that there's a bond that you form with the people who serve in the trenches with you, that there's a camaraderie that is, I, I've not been able to recreate with hardly any, anybody else, that's just this level of camaraderie. So we want, we've noticed that when you get into a group like that, when you have a bad day, when the group is, the group picks you up. So we want that camaraderie because we, we have seen the impact of that camaraderie on attrition. So when you're, Online and virtually, you lose some of that bonding and lose some of that, that tight-knit feeling you would get if you were in class. We will have an online option because these days it, the environment demands that. But we hope that most of our students come through the in-person because there's a difference in perspective that they get in that class versus online. Now, are there any lessons that you were able to transfer from your military career into the uh, founder of a startup career? Yes. Uh, when you're intelligence, you learn how to be good research. You learn how to present your case. You learn how to present well. That has always been a helpful thing. I would probably say that throughout my career, being a minority uh, military officer has been a, a bit of a challenge. So you learn, again, tenacity and perseverance that when people kick you down, you learn to get back up and quickly and to pivot as you need to to get that message across. Uh, so I would probably say that's a big one. And coming from a tight-knit community such as the Naval Academy and Intelligence, you, your network is fast. It's, it's small, but it's fast. And you learn that these network, again, I can't speak high enough of my network. And there's some people who, who have stepped forward and said, we have you. And that's the beauty of the military. Now, you mentioned the importance of support, network, relationships, uh, could you talk a little bit about GWBC? Um, why did you get involved with that organization? I went to a, uh, a training event, uh, just for an information event in Detroit. And the advisor who spoke about this, Pam, 
um, sold everyone in the class that this is the only way you have to you have to be part of this organization, and it has paid off in huge dividends. Uh, GWC and WeBank has offered they have have given me ideas, pointed me towards grants. We're a finalist for the Hilton Supplier Diversity Supplier Grant that we never would have heard about had it not come through G, through our email. We're now one of the ten finalists from hundreds of people who apply for this grant. We are networking within our space with other people who are like-minded and who have the same challenges that we have. I, I can't, some people, I've heard some people say that sometimes the certifications uh, and the, the networking here does not help. It's not been my experience at all. My experience has been that they have, they are a support group. I, when I was ready to go after uh, my WOSB certification, WBE, I had resources to help me with those. I've had resources telling me, giving me guidance. You can't buy that kind of support. Yeah, and I think it's one of those things where any organization, uh, you get what you put into it. So if you think you're going to just pay money to join and then not do anything or not get involved, then it probably isn't going to work no matter what it is. But if you kind of lean into it, volunteer, reach out to people, um, then it, it might surprise you. I, I totally agree. I think that you have to you have to be engaged. Uh, this is not a one way relationship. This is about relationship building. And as I've learned in the past, uh, relationships take a some level of quid pro quo. People want to give, and you have to get some. So I think that there definitely is an opportunity to be involved and to take everything that they provide and to make sure that you to say thank you to give back to them as well. Now, uh, how can we help you? What do you need right now in, in the growth of your organization? Well, I, like most people, I need money. <laughs> but I also, networking, network, definitely network. There are a lot of folks who have experience, not just in my space, but just from the standpoint of having to be, I wouldn't say necessarily a spring chicken in this spring chicken at my age, but a young entrepreneur who is stepping out there, it, it's scary and it can be lonely. It can be very lonely. A lot of people, if it was easy, everyone would do it. So it's not easy. Stepping out like this and, and, and then taking this risk comes with big risk and fears. I would love to talk to some people about their experiences, more of their experiences and get their advice to be able to talk to them about here's what I'm thinking and get their feedback. And that's, that's how I probably, I, again, the biggest thing that's come out of COVID-19 for me has been this network and how people have been rallying around. They're not necessarily providing cash, but they're pointing me in ways that make me think a little bit more creatively and flexibly about what I can do. And that has been huge. Well, that is a, uh, a great thing to ask for. And at GWBC, the, you, I'm sure you'll find no shortage of people willing to help. And if you want, listen to some of the episodes we've done on gwbcradio.com and you'll hear from a lot of entrepreneurs that are you know grinding and battling every single day so please use that as a resource and then uh don't if you reach out to some of them i would uh i wouldn't be shocked if most of them would uh love to connect with you and help you thank you so much for that yes now cassandra if somebody wanted to learn more about your organization is the website up and running it is indeed. We are HTTPS, tailored, T-A-Y-L-O-R-E-D, the number two, code, C-O-D-E dot com. 
tailorednumber2code.com and you can get more information about Cassandra and her amazing organization. Well, you're doing great work. You got to hang in there. Things are hard. It's okay. You'll get through it. <laughs> Making a social Thank impact you. is not easy, and uh, but it's worth it. So congratulations on making it this far and um, best of luck in the future. I thank you so much. All right. This is Lee Cantor. We will see you all next time on GWBC Radio.